Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. It's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to The Vibe Show. I had a chance to catch up with Dr. Andy Wakefield. As you know, his film came out just maybe six or eight weeks ago called 1986, The Act. And it's about the National Vaccine Injury and Compensation Act of 1986 that really changed everything. And uh, it was a collaboration of the Congress and the vaccine industry and vaccine injured children and Ronald Reagan signed it into law. And I don't think anybody involved except the, the vaccine industry knew what was going to happen or had this sinister motive. But what has happened is there hasn't been any testing, any safety or efficacy testing of vaccines since then. The CDC was on the hook legally to test the entire vaccine schedule every other year, and they've done it never. They've done it never in the last 34 years. I know Bobby Kennedy and Del Bigtree have won a lawsuit against the CDC for that, but they still haven't done it. Um, they, they, they won some things like the CDC is no longer allowed to say that vaccines don't cause autism. There are some concessions like that. However, everything changed when the entire pharmaceutical industry no longer had to uh, pay out any damages. They could no longer be sued. And so um, Andy Wakefield, who is a former surgeon who essentially lost his career and his credentials over standing up to pharma um, over this scandal, the fact that they have covered up the link between autism and vaccines. He has to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. He has made a film exploring the journey of a couple as they are pregnant and looking forward to having their first child. And they dig into the research and start asking real questions about um, the whole vaccine industry. And so, but what I had heard is that he has had a conversation with Donald Trump at some length where Donald Trump had told him, yes, I am aware that vaccines cause autism and I intend to do something about it. Now, we we recorded this the day after the election. And as we sit here the day after the election, uh, if you believe what the mainstream media tells us, it looks very bad for Trump. It does not look like he is gonna win. Um, and I, I am having my own process with that information. I don't believe it. Um, I believe he had very strong support from the people, but that's neither here nor there what I think of the election. But I wanted to share this information with you and explore it a little bit with um, Dr. Wakefield so that you know very specifically how someone who has had a firsthand conversation with Donald Trump, um, how he feels about it. So that's about as close as you and I are going to get to knowing what is in the mind of our president, if he is indeed still the president when you hear this. Um, so that's that's the reason I did this. By the way, I know that detoxification is on a lot of your minds as we head into the holidays. If you want to jump into a free video masterclass about my detox, we're starting to get a lot of questions about that and that will increase. And a lot of people will want to do it in January. If you want to get in on the free video masterclass about my 26 day detox, I spent years developing it, refining it, putting test groups of people through it. 
um, many, many years of researching human detoxification and how we can optimize it because we're all being bombarded by so many different toxins and chemicals, whether it be what we're breathing in the air, what we're drinking in the water, what we're eating in the food, even those of us who try to eat a clean diet, we're still, we still have a lot of exposures. And so jump into the free video masterclass. I think you'll love it. I get so much positive feedback about what people learn just from the free class. And then after watching the free class, you know a lot more about what you'd be getting yourself into if you want to join us for the 26 day program, which uh, will be leading a big group in January. So you can join us then, or you can join us early. It's up to you, but the free class, you can sign up for it at greensmoothiegirl.com slash detox. So with that, we'll get into my conversation with Dr. Andy Wakefield. So welcome back to the Vibe Show, Dr. Andy Wakefield. Robin, hi. Great to be back on. Yeah, so since we did our first episode together, I saw you in Utah. Uh, since then, we've moved to, um, to Florida, and so we're kind of fighting the freedom fight remotely from Florida in Utah still. We protested five uh, health department officials last week. But I've also gotten involved already with the freedom fight here in uh, in Florida. Aren't, aren't you? Aren't you here in Florida too? I am. I've just got back. I'm down in Coconut Grove. Is, and that's isn't that near Miami? It is. It is absolutely. It's uh, just south Miami. So, what are your thoughts about Governor DeSantis and what's going on in? So, I, I hear Miami's just pretty much run by communists. But we literally came here partly because. We like what DeSantis is doing. Well, I think Florida as a whole is is remarkably sane. And uh, I think last night in the election, we proved that the that, that the Miami is capable of sanity as well. <laughs> there was, uh, there was um, I understand from my colleague Laurie Gregory that uh, that Donna Shalala was uh, beaten. Uh, in her race. And she's a career politician. She's just been there forever. But the reason that's important is Donna Shalala was head of health and human services when that's the right. vaccine injury table was basically gutted and children who were vaccine injured were denied any justice at all. So it pleases me enormously to see her pay a price for, for that behavior. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's new news. And anyone listening to this should know that I'll get this produced and published as soon as possible. But Dr. Wakefield and I are recording this the day after the election. So as we are speaking, we don't know the outcome. Um, there's plenty of conservatives saying, don't believe anything you're hearing in the media, especially Fox or including Fox. It's statistically impossible that this this many votes are going to Biden. It's 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 amazing. Did you have Trump trains going through town like we did? I had 40 minutes of a Trump train past my house last week. There is no doubt that based upon what I saw on the road with the film, going from state to state to state for a month and a half, two months, that there was a massively biased um, support of, of Trump compared to, to the Biden camp. That, that was not open to question. Now, that may be a bias in terms of where I went or where the film was shown. I, I don't know. But I can tell you that it is inconsistent with the results that are coming in. And as an observer on American politics who participated for the first time on this occasion and voted at seven o'clock yesterday morning down here in Miami. I, oh, it, congratulations. 
Thank you. This it, it, It's most alarming. And um, statistically, as you say, it is highly improbable that things can go the way they've gone. I, it will require substantial analysis, and no doubt lawyers will be poring over that and it will go to the courts. But there's something deeply concerning about the way that this election is unfolding. And it seems to me, once again, as an observer, that the left is prepared to do anything, anything that is necessary to prevent Trump getting a second term. You know, congratulations on your first voting as an American citizen. And I, it wasn't my first time voting as a lifelong American, but it was my first time voting for Trump. Um, it was my husband's first time voting for Trump. Uh, we have my, in our own families, a bunch of us su- supported him who didn't before. I was in the walkaway campaign and, you know, they let you post like your story, like how'd you come around? And there were, last I looked, there was half a million people in there, former liberals, there's gay people, there's people of color waking up and taking an actual look at what, what Trump has done and decided to support him. I, I agree. I'm, it's absolutely disturbing to see that the media is trying to tell us that over half of America voted for Biden. There's no enthusiasm for his campaign. Um, you know, this is my opinion, but I think he might be, he and Kamala Harris might be the most corrupt political duo in U.S. history. And that's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. Um, so this is all still shaking out as we speak. And, and I think people might be interested to hear how you came to support Trump. Will you tell us about a conversation? You've, you've had some one-on-one FaceTime with him. Is that right? Yes, I have. Just as a sort of background of that, what I've observed over the years, and this goes back to 19... 19- uh, 2000, the year 2000, 2001, testifying before the Oversight Committee on Government Reform, um, particularly in the days of Dan Burton when the vaccine issue was on the agenda, and talking to politicians on both sides of the aisle and really receiving very little reassurance that there was any commitment to do anything about this issue, except from a few individuals, uh, Dr. David Weldon, a congressman down here in Florida, now retired, back, gone back into private practice, and a few others who almost exclusively were on the Republican side. Again, I had no background, no affiliation or allegiance to any party. I was just the way it was. And that, so my experience of talking to American politicians about the vaccine safety issue has been overwhelmingly disappointing. They do not want to touch an issue that threatens alienating their financial sponsors, the pharmaceutical industry, the people who are actually writing the mandatory vaccination bills and who sponsor their campaigns. So that became self-evident until I met Donald Trump. And I met him at Kissimmee in Florida just before the last election, 2016. And we, an interesting story, we went in and we, uh, just a few of us in the room, and he said, let's get a photograph. And I said, you do, <laughs> you do know who I am, don't you? And he said, I know who you are, let's get a photograph. So I thought, well, this is, that's, that's a refreshing approach to things. And so we sat and we talked and, I, and we started, there were four of us there representing the vaccine safety, vaccine autism issue. And I started speaking and he stopped me and he said, you, you don't need to tell me about vaccines and autism. I know vaccines cause autism. I've experienced it personally and, and here's what I, I'm going to do something about it. And we had a 50 minute discussion, almost uninterrupted discussion about his clear knowledge 
from a personal perspective of vaccine injury, and he planned to do something about it. And it was that was most enlightening, and it was the first time I'd ever experienced that in talking to any politician. Fascinating ever. A politician. Let me let me qualify that. Trump is not a politician. Anyone running for office. So. Uh, it, that was reassuring, and he got in, and uh, one, the, the hope was that something would be done. I think that it was not a first-term term issue. I think that he was inundated with issues that uh, got in the way, deliberately got in the way, the Russia collusion being foremost amongst those. And therefore, it was to, a bridge too far during the first term. It was therefore my sincere hope that he got a second term, not least of which is because the stated position, for example, on a vaccine for the new coronavirus, COVID-19 disease, um, the, the Trump, uh, Biden has come out and said, when I get into the White House, country will be locked down until we have a vaccine that will be given to everybody. It will be Mandatory, Camilla Harris has, uh, has sponsored a federal bill removing all religious exemptions. So it's now it's a state issue. She wants a federal bill to remove completely all religious exemptions. That is... Yeah, I believe, I believe, ironically, that bill that she sponsored in the U.S. Senate last year is called Do No Harm, which is the worst euphemism or, or hijacking a really important fundamental of medicine. And it's the opposite. I mean, do no harm is not appropriate with a bill that removes religious exemptions from all 50 states for parents who want out of a vaccine or many vaccines. Absolutely. So it it is a very, very, very precarious moment right now as we speak in the history of medical freedom in America. It hangs in the balance. Because if the Democrats win by hook or by crook. What we will see is mandatory vaccination from pregnancy to grave for anything that the pharmaceutical industry managed to get onto the CDC's recommended schedule. And that will include these novel coronavirus vaccines, which in my opinion are going to be catastrophic. A lot of people, a lot of people are going to be hurt and killed, in my view. That is my prediction before those vaccines are ultimately withdrawn, when it becomes self-evident that they are dangerous. But children will go on getting forced vaccination. It will happen at a federal level. The, the Constitution will count for nothing, and the state's rights will be removed. It will happen at a federal level. That is the plan, and it will be global, ultimately. So it is really an extraordinarily dangerous time and a time for reflection right now on, on what to do. It, we, one asks oneself, is if one is a fatalist, you know, everything happens for a reason, is it necessary that, the, that this becomes self-evident to the American public, all the entire American public, um, that these vaccines are dangerous and are causing an extraordinary level of injury at a, at a, to a degree that this country, no country, could ever uh, withstand ultimately. So I, I don't know. I don't have any answers. I sit and watch and wait and look at the story unfolding um, and really wonder where we go in the future. But it is a defining time. And I don't want to sound overly gloomy. I am an eternal optimist. I, However it plays out, I think that there is a, a fundamental evolutionary will for the human race to survive. And it may simply be that we have a great deal of learning 
yet to do about what is necessary to not only survive, but thrive as a species. You know, I have one colleague who, um, you know, is in health and wellness and I won't name him, but I've been in a conversation with him, basically a daily conversation. We share links with each other. We probably send each other 10 or 15 minutes a day worth of voice text. And we couldn't be at further ends of the spectrum in terms of my concern that we lose all freedom. We've already lost the First Amendment. There is no free speech. This happens in every military coup. They have to destroy freedom of speech or they can't control the narrative. And anyway, the way I got in this conversation with him is I've known him for several years and I greatly respect his work. Um, and he teaches people a plant-based diet and healthy living. But I was so shocked when I saw him say on his Facebook page three or four weeks ago, everybody, we've got to vote for Biden and Harris so that we have the choice of whether to get a vac- the vaccine or not. Good heavens. Wow. Yeah. What, where has he been? Yeah. And so I, I was astonished. And I said in, in the comments, hey, can you help me understand why you would say that? Because I actually really want to know if you have a shred of evidence that either one of them stand for choice when it comes to medical freedom. And he didn't, you know, in the conversation that ensued, he said, what, where did you get this term health freedom or medical freedom? And I, and I said, Hey, like I, I go to symposiums. I go to like weekend events that are all about health freedom or medical freedom. So that was how I knew that he actually doesn't know anything about the movement. And as we continued to, to talk, I realized that he's actually quite He's not at all pro medical freedom. Only he wants he just wants to be able to choose whether to take the COVID vaccine. So so that made more sense. But that I choice, uh, that choice may be gone by the end of the day. How naive! How extraordinarily naive! It's like you, he's been living in a bubble all this time. <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not only the only health and wellness person that I know who doesn't understand that that Biden is our worst nightmare. But he's also the only business owner that I know who isn't pro Trump. And so I've had a really interesting conversation with him back and forth. So I immediately in this Facebook thread, I don't usually comment on other people's uh, political posts. I really don't. Um, and I'm banned from Facebook right now. I've been banned for three weeks. No, no reason given. Badge of honor. Yeah. So, um, and you know, my career is really on Facebook. So, you know, I do hope they reinstate me, but I am on, I am on Telegram. I've got a group there of about 1700 and growing. So we're, we'll regroup, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to just disappear just because these platforms are so leftist and so, so, so destroying uh, free speech because it's only political conservatives. It's only people who are speaking up about the vaccine agenda who are getting banned on Facebook. But yeah, so I, I immediately pointed out, I said, did you know that Kamala Harris sponsored the Do No Harm bill to eliminate religious exemptions in all 50 states? Um, so anyways, he was not able to give me the, the shred of evidence that I, I said, please tell me if they've ever voted for any medical freedom. And he goes, well, they're they're pro-choice, you know, so that oh, I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. So I said, I said, well, that's, that's not pro, that's not um, pro-choice, that's choosing the mother's rights versus the innocent unborn baby's rights. So I don't, I don't think that those two go together. In fact, um, all the politicians I see who are pro-choice and support abortion all the way up until, you know, the baby's full term, like Kamala Harris does. I mean, Kamala Harris twice voted for a bill um, where if there's a crying baby in a utility room in an abortion clinic, which happens, apparently it happens fairly often, that you cannot go and rescue that baby because it, was, it wasn't wanted. It was an abortion. It wasn't a baby. It was an abortion. And so 
anyways, so he and I go back and forth and, um, and it's been just been an astonishing conversation that he's willing to go out there publicly as a public figure and say, vote Biden Harris, uh, so that you get a choice about whether to take the, the vaccine. And then, and then Del Bigtree last week did an episode where he actually shared quotes by both candidates when asked that question. And Trump has said, no, I would not support a mandatory vaccine. Um, that's pretty recent, I think. I wouldn't it was No, it was. Both um, Scott Atlas and he said exactly that. And we're emphatic about it. And that was the choice. That's what it came down to. You know, the thing about this, Robin, is if you are a commentator, if you have a position of some authority, you have an audience, you are prepared to go out on social media and state facts, then it comes with a certain responsibility. Noam Chomsky talked about the the duty and the responsibility of intelligence or of academia, and, and your friend has a responsibility, and it is not to go out there. And, it, it, you know, free speech comes at a price. It really does. If you are going to go out there and you are going to make pronouncements that potentially adversely or beneficially affect other people's health, you have an absolute, in my opinion, obligation to be sure of your facts. A lot of people go out there and don't. They have no factual basis for their claims at all, rather like your your friend. But there is an obligation, particularly when you set yourself up to be some kind of guiding light in whether it's, you know, uh, veganism or um, natural health, vaccine safety, whatever it might be. And a classic example of this is National Vaccine Information Center, uh, Barbara Lowe Fisher, outstanding and extremely honest and uh, accurate reflection of the state of vaccine safety. That's the duty, that's the responsibility, I believe. And to do otherwise is extremely harmful, extremely harmful. And to say something like, well, they're pro-choice, that is a blanket uh, ideology that covers all health choices without ever understanding what you're saying is irresponsible. And um, I suspect that we're about to pay the price for that. Yeah, I I am still in shock that supposedly, uh, if you believe the mainstream media, that supposedly Biden is 12 electoral college votes ahead of Trump. And they're saying that Trump cannot possibly get enough electoral college votes. But, you know, anybody who's been paying close attention to the election knows that uh, America is very, very pro-Trump, far more than they were in 2016. So there's a lot of evidence coming out already of voter fraud. But I think I think that um, Trump and his camp will do everything in their power to investigate it. And we may see, see a turnaround. So I am choosing not to despair right now. And I'm not, I'm not ready to throw in that towel. Did he, did, when you were talking to Trump and you were telling him, you figured, you know, I've got my 15 minutes with him. I need to explain to him um, the connection between vaccines and autism. Two questions for you. Number one, did he talk to you about what his personal experience with it was? And did you get a chance to talk to him about things other than autism, like all the other health problems? He probably knows that too. Uh, no, we didn't talk about the personal side of it. Um, and I didn't pursue that. That would have been inappropriate. Um, you know, had he chosen to 
share that personal experience with me, he would have done. And uh, I wasn't about to intrude on that. But um, And the second thing is that, I, yes, I do believe we talked about the other injuries, uh, if only to flag them up as autism is not the only problem. It's the tip of the spear. It's medicine in medicine. We see the worst cases first. And the worst, the most clinically obvious cases are, are autism because they are so self-evident uh, as a, a clear abnormality. Uh, but we, I think we did discuss other issues as well, other immune-based disorders, asthma, eczema, hay fever, diabetes, this kind of thing. Good, good. Um, I, I had mentioned that I was having this uh, conversation with you soon with another colleague, and they said, find out if he also talked to the president about other other health issues besides autism because, because those are important too. So I'm glad to hear that. What about... Donna Shalala. I didn't realize she was still in office. I remember that she was really one of the bad guys uh, when she was director of health and human services. What what office did she just get voted out of? That's really good. Well, she was, in fact, ironically, she was my congresswoman here in South Florida until last night. Um, Okay. I am told. Now, I have not seen any official announcement, but I'm told by someone whose opinion, whose knowledge base I trust very much that she, uh, in fact, several people that she was voted out. So I am absolutely delighted. Yeah, that that sounds like a very a p- very positive thing. I'm glad to hear that. Is it true that Trump, before his first term, talked about appointing Bobby Kennedy to head of the vaccine administration or VAERS or something like that? That was not specifically discussed. In fact, the setting up of a commission to <laughs> investigate or oversee vaccine safety wasn't mentioned in our conversation. He left it with, watch what I do. There was an attempt to set such a thing up. But I think here's the situation. You're in your first term, and what you're saying is that uh, our appointed officials, albeit that he's inherited them, uh, the head of the National Institutes of Health, the head of the CDC, the head of HHS, the head of the FDA, are not up to the job, and therefore I'm going to appoint someone who is not a scientist to oversee them in, in a sort of independent commission. That will have provoked a huge reaction, not least oh, yeah. so many of those federal agencies are bought out by the pharmaceutical companies to one degree or another. And so there will have been extraordinary pushback. And I think that the message to Trump at that time will have been, and I have no evidence for this at all, will have been this is a step too far in, in, in a first term. I, I, you know, I'm just reflecting on on the fact that he may not survive this politically. And again, as someone who has been observing American politics for 30 years, America will have lost one of the best presidents that it ever had, notwithstanding COVID, which was absolutely nothing to do with him. And he was beholden to an extent to the advice given by people like Fauci, whom he had inherited and had a clear political bias against him. But I believe he was an outstanding president and hopefully will continue to be. And it's very sad. It's really very sad, uh, particularly to see him potentially replaced by Biden and Harris. Yeah, our worst nightmare, really. Yeah, I'm not ready to throw in the towel yet because we, you know, our media was saying the same thing uh, on this day four years ago. And so I'm just hoping that the media is just gunning for another day of, you know, their, their ad revenue goes through the roof 
and they, they, they're just milking it for another day or another two days or whatever. And they'll be counting votes for, for weeks. And lots of people predicted this and the, every conservative was saying, why are the, why is the left so quiet? Why did we not have an October surprise? And, you know, everyone's prediction was, well, it's because they are really putting all of their effort on voter fraud and there have been people confessing to it and evidence being collected about it. So I just hope, I hope that the FBI is investigating it as I've seen some reports of that and, and that it's wrong because I'm, I'm still, I'm still in shock and I'm not at all. I don't think there'll be any it. enthusiasm on the part of the FBI to investigate it. They've really behaved reprehensibly in, in respect of uh, Donald Trump and trying to, you know, unseat him. Um, and that's very sad. I, yes, 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 yes. Where do we go from here? Um, we haven't been really assured. You're quite right. We're not giving up yet by a long chalk. Um, not, not yet. We have, we have the next few weeks of watching and waiting, but the uh, White House attorney says we didn't lose this and we are actively pursuing what what's going on here. So um, tell us about the film. I watched it. It was fantastic. I love how you used a fictional story to weave in, you know, elements that would otherwise be a pretty dry, um, you know, documentary. So it wasn't a documentary and it was, it was very engaging. The story was great. I love, I love that you made sort of the central theme you know, trust the mother. The mother has an intuition that causes her to opt out of vaccines um, or question them. And and the father sometimes needs to listen to that. How's the film doing? Um, what have you heard about it? Anything, any update would be great. Well, 1986, yeah. the act. You, 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 you got it. And, and thank you for that. It was, that was, the, the, the subtext was, and subtext in film is everything. What the story is really about. And that is the power of maternal intuition. And, and the, the, the couple, it's, it's, it's a device that had never been used before. You know, a true fictional narrative holding the whole story of the 1986 Act together. And, and um, it was a big risk. It was, uh, and it paid off, I think. And from what you say, um, it, it did pay off. And it made what was otherwise a, a rather arcane story of legislation so much more relatable, and, and that's what it was about. It, it, and again, as you say, the husband was, as is, you know, 95% of the relationships that I've come across and parents I've interviewed where there's been friction in the initial, do we, don't we vaccinate? Um, the husband is all for, and the, there's a little voice in the mother who says, hang on, there's a problem here. And people have said, some people have said, well, it just, that's just not, that's anti-science, that just, plays to the mother's intuition and, and no, 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 no. Because if the mother's intuition had been vaccines are dangerous, I'm not going to vaccinate, that would have been a very short film. It wasn't. It was the mother's intuition was there's a problem here, there's an issue that is unresolved in my mind that I'm going to investigate it. I'm going to study the science. I'm going to read the science. I'm going to read the law. I am going to read everything I can get my hands on so that I can make an informed choice. That's what the film was about. So she deferred to the science. She didn't ignore it at all. And um, it's gone down very well. It's a challenging time to distribute a film. We could write a textbook now on distributing under COVID and uh, censorship, um, the two Cs. Most, you know, some films have been restricted by COVID to play in movie theaters now, but none, I bet you none have been restricted by the combination of COVID plus censorship as well, the level that we've experienced. And so 
it's been very, very interesting. It's forced us to be creative and to think of other options. And that's fine. That's good. And um, and we've come up with those. And so it is getting out. We've played in, we've played everywhere. We've played in drive-ins. We've played in golf clubs. We've played in people's homes. We've played in tents. We've played in churches. We've, and we'll go on playing. Uh, and we'll play until the impact of this film is felt and understood across the nation and indeed across the world. So it's it's going well. 1986-1986theact.com. It's now available to stream, to download, to the DVD. People still love DVDs. Very, very interesting. And, of course, you can hand them out. You can hand them out um, Thanksgiving. You can hand them out at Christmas and uh, at, uh, whatever your holiday might be. And you can avoid that debate, that discussion, that hostility with your family where you end up not talking to each other. You can just say, take a look at this. I, I found it most interesting. I'd value your opinion. And, and leave it there and let them watch it. And so... 1986theact.com. It also is out in a chapters version. We found that for some people, they like things in shorter, sharper pieces. And so we broke it down. As you know, the movie's in chapters. So we broke it down into chapters, say, run for five to 10 minutes each, and you can watch it on your phone on the way to work or however you like to do it. So it's for those people who I hesitate to say shorter attention span, but um, it may be for the husbands more than, you know, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Um, but anyway, it's so there are all sorts of options for viewing the film. And uh, we're just about to launch an option for in-home screenings, people hosting screenings in their homes. So, uh, yeah, exciting times, innovative times, challenging. But, um, yeah, it, it's this is the new world in which we live in terms of film distribution. Uh, how do you adapt to a situation like COVID, like censorship, and still prevail? How do you get the word out there? And, and it's been interesting. That's a good idea to have people show it in, in their homes and to get some of the DVDs and hand it out because it is such a difficult topic to share with people. But I've made a personal commitment that I get the movie in the hands of any woman I know who's pregnant because... Um, because it is hard to bring up and your film has automatic credibility. I do want to tell you that, um, you know, we, I stood up at that event that you came and we did the screening at the health freedom expo in uh, Utah County. It's yes, been probably six weeks ago. And I said, I'll match $2,000 of whoever wants to put up money to um, get a billboard up. And I just want you to know that they haven't done it. And so I am talking with a billboard company myself, and I'm just going to put the $2,000 on billboards. And it I've got it designed already. I have my designer do it, um, the Green Smoothie Girl designer. And it has a photo. I worked with Colton Barrett's mother on it. And it's a, a large photo of Colton Barrett, who um, was destroyed by the Gardasil vaccine. And he was a major feature in the film Baxed 2. And I, I cried all night the, the, the night that I saw that film, but it's a picture of Colton leaning against his, his casket. And, and it's a picture of him with the metal plate that held up his head when he basically got polio from the Gardasil vaccine. And it's a picture of his casket with his photo in front of it. And it says, vaccine makers have no liability, 1986theact.com. Well done, Robin. I congratulate. I'm so sorry that it wasn't acted on, and particularly before the election. But um, uh, thank you very much for pursuing that. Colton's story is it's extraordinary. It's 
It's extraordinary. One thing that always struck me about Colton was even in extraordinary adversity, he was always smiling, was always positive. And then I suppose he just decided that this wasn't for him anymore, that this was not the life he wanted to live. It was, um, people need to know that story because it, it gets to the very core of a person like few others. It is an extraordinary story of, and it's undeniable. It's absolutely undeniable. And uh, so well done. And yes, watch Vax too. People should be watching Vax too to understand from the parents' perspective what, what is really going on. Yeah, so we'll have in the show notes, we'll, we'll ask Dr. Wakefield for his photo of him with, with President Trump. We'll see if we can get that from you and put it in the show notes. We'll put in 1986theact.com, his new film. And I agree, everyone should go to, and we'll put this in the show notes as well, vaxedthemovie.com. And you can stream for free now. You can stream the first film, which is about- Don't don't go to uh, Vaxed, the original film. That is also available on 1986theact. Oh, good. Okay. Don't don't go to vaxedthemovie.com. Go to 1986theact. And there you can see all three films that are made, including the, the latest film. And then uh, Vax 2 is on Peeps TV, which is a Roku app. Okay. Okay. Then we'll put that. We'll put that in the in the show notes. But yeah, Vax, the original movie is when William Thompson of the CDC flipped and whist- he was a whistleblower and he basically came forward and said... I can't live with myself anymore. I've been told for 20 years now to lie about the um, MMR vaccine and black boys. And not right? just black boys. This is this is very very important. It was okay. there were two groups mm-hmm. that he found. They found a very high statistically significant risk in one they expected and one they didn't. The one they expected were children who were. They said, "Look, if vac- this vaccine is causing autism, then we should see." autism in those children who were developing perfectly normally, irrespective of race, perfectly normally, and then something happened to them. So for the first year of life, they were absolutely fine. And they called that group isolated autism. Uh, It's not a term that had been used before, but there it was, isolated autism. Uh, And that group they found a very strong risk in, irrespective of age, so all, all children. Then they did not expect to find a race effect. They did not expect to find it in boys, but they found a very strong, consistent risk in black boys as well. So two groups. That was It was doubly, I mean, it was appalling, the, the fraud they committed, but it was doubly bad because so many children were at risk. Yeah, and it's, a, it's sort of a subject that's near and dear my heart because my husband is black and our adopted son is black and both of them are not autistic. And I just feel like I, I've told both of them this. I think it might just be because both of them were adopted into huge families mm-hmm. and they might've literally just been sort of overlooked and they didn't get vaccinated just because their adoptive mothers were so completely overwhelmed raising. Uh, my husband is one of 13 children and my son Jacob was adopted into a family um, of nine children. And he and his twin sister are the only ones that aren't severely handicapped. But I, I think they might have dodged a bullet literally just by they they just unintentionally didn't vaccinate them. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Super sad. But um, what's next for you? Another movie. Another just... movie, particularly in light of what's going on at the moment. But um, yeah, we've got to we've got a lot of stories to tell. 
Over the years, many people have come to me from the industry or from government and said, we've done a terrible thing and we need to, I need to confess. And so there are a lot of stories to tell and, and the behavior of the pharmaceutical companies in particular leaves a filmmaker with no shortage of stories. Um, so that is my plan. And that is the way in which I found one can reach the greatest number of people. And um, that, yeah, I'm a filmmaker and that is what I do. And uh, so there, I must get on with it as soon as possible. And in the meantime, Okay, so, so this is going to be... Is this going to be like Vax 2, where it's the people's story? So your second one is going to be what physicians as well as what parents and vaccinated people telling their stories? No, no. I think, you know, I the word on the street is that Holly and Brian are going to make another movie, which is wonderful. But this is a different story altogether. Um, and I can't say too much about it at the moment. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll watch for it and we'll, we'll be there for you and, and would love to have you on the show again when your next movie comes out. But in the meantime, everyone, 1986, theact.com, make sure you support uh, Andy's work and get some copies for pregnant women that you know, because- I just found my picture with Donald Trump. So I will send that to you. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. I need that. And I'll use it to, uh, when I'm unbanned on Facebook um, and everywhere else that I promote it, I'll share everyone. So Andy Wakefield, thank you so much for your work, for your courage, and we'd love to have you back on the show anytime. Robin, thank you so much.